happy, happy, happy Friday. Kyle Draper, you must have had a lot of fun last night. Heck of a game. Was that the game? Didn't get to hear it, but I'm sure you had a heck of a call. Yeah, it was It was a, a, a great game to call. Exciting. Down yeah. to the wire. Highlight real plays, uh-huh. too. Big shots. Slam dunks. Uh, on the edge of your seats. And those are the games I kind of love, too, because when you're a viewer at home or a listener or something... When the game's out of hand, you know, you, you know, you get a feeling people are tuning out, yeah, they're doing phone, other things, right? Yeah. They're not really paying attention. Last night was one of those games where you needed to be locked in to the very end. By the way, you ever notice that you go to a baseball game now, and I love baseball, and I know you love baseball, but you go to a baseball game, everybody's on their phone like the whole time. They're not even watching. <laughs> yeah, man, it's uh, that's why they had to put all those nets up, right? I mean, because you know, baseball is a slower sport, and you know. The, the amount of time you have in between pitches and, you know, with balls and strikes. Yeah. And you're not going to miss a whole lot. But that game last night? Yes, sir. I mean, on both ends. I mean, there were some tremendous plays out there. And so, no, it was a great game. Man. You know what's it was funny fun. about, yeah, about uh, Wemby? If you watch any one of his games, just the highlights, mm. it's hard not to come away from watching the highlights of any one game of his. It's hard not to come away without feeling like, this guy's the greatest thing ever. Right. When you watch a whole game, though, you see that and also you still see – Ah, he's still learning how to play in a lot of ways. Yeah, and he's still, you know, at that size, he's still trying to figure out his body, I feel like, too. Like, I don't feel like, and maybe it's just his size, but I don't feel like he's mastered his body yet. You know, he's like a a, a newborn deer, you know, just sort of out there figuring, you know, just sort of lanky and just, you know, and and once he gets some muscle, once he gets a little more seasoning NBA life, he's going to be a beast. We we saw flashes last night. I I mean, you know, and and would he take 21 shots or something like that? They need to feature that guy a little more. Uh They need, like, he does all his work in the perimeter unless he's, like, hanging out under the bat. There's no low post touches for him at all. I don't know if he has a low post game. There was one shot, I think it was a key shot fourth quarter when the game was still hanging in the balance, and he shot an 11-foot fall away. Mm. Now, I I realize Pop knows what he's doing, but if I was his coach, I'd say, why are you (laughs) ever falling away away from? There's nobody else There's nobody that can even, I mean, (laughs) and he doesn't even have to jump to worry about his shot getting blocked. And You're right. I mean, but he's a little finesse-y, you know? Absolutely. He's a finesse kind of player, and so it looks pretty and everything, but you're right. He's not Shaq. I mean, Shaq ain't falling away, you know? Shaq is powering through you, like, Victor is a way far and away away from that. Yeah, really imperfect comparison. But last night watching him, I came away reminded of Ralph Sampson. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. And Ralph I Sampson was that. a great player. He got hurt. He was even here for a little while. But that's who – and I had never really felt that way watching Wemby before. No, it, it, he totally did. And, you know, uh, Ralph Sampson, you know – but he had the low post game. You know, that's the comparison a lot of people made. Like, you know, we call uh, Wimbenyama a unicorn. Well, a lot of people say, well, if Ralph Sampson would have been allowed to play in the perimeter, yeah. like yes. Victor, he would have been uh-huh. Victor Wimbenyama. But, no, you're right. And Sampson was a little gangly with it. But, you know, he had college, too, to yes. develop and yes. everything like that. So that's a big difference there, too. Yeah, that's what I realized. Like I say, that uh, Wimby, a lot of this is he's learning how to play basketball against the greatest players in the world. Now, there's no there's an old saying that goes something like, you never look a gift horse in the mouth. Correct. Wh- whatever that means. <laughs> I know. I have no idea. But I, I think it kind of applies to the Kings now the rest of the year. The Kings win a game, no matter who it's against, no matter how many points they win by. They won? That's great. Right? You feel that way? You don't feel that way, <sighs> no, do no, you? No, I, 
<laughs> That's fine. You know what? That's and at this point in the, of the season, That's I think you I'm have saying. to feel this way. Yes. Now, if this was November and they had a game like last night, like, what are you doing? You know, uh, but they won the game, and that's all that matters. When you look at the standings, they didn't lose any ground last night. You know, Pelicans won, Dallas won. Um, so you, I, I hear you 100%. But we're going to have drape stakes coming up. And it's not all sweet, Whitey. Okay. It's not all roses and sunshine and rainbows and lollipops. There's some things this team needs to take care of. All right. I had a few things to say about their defense. Maybe I'll hang on to that a little bit. I don't want to step on. Yeah, hang on okay, to that. I hang will. on. I will. Yeah, hang on to that. There are some people I've read and heard some suggestions that, wow, that defense last night. And so I'm looking forward to drape stakes because yes, it yes. sounds like I'm I'm right, yeah, yeah. right there with you. But, yeah, the Suns lost last night. So you gain a little bit on them, on but them, as you but say, the West is so tough. You yeah. just have to win to stay where you are. Yeah, and the team I'm afraid of now is Dallas. Dallas, since they made the moves that they made, they look unbeatable. And I understand, you know, last year they didn't look good, didn't make the playoffs. Kyrie and Luka, Kyrie's balling right now. Luka's doing what he does. Daniel Gafford seems to be the steal of the trade deadline right now and the way Dallas is playing they got a little toughness they got a little girth they got PJ Washington who could defend on the perimeter and they got seven straight wins and they got seven straight wins Dallas uh looks legit to me not not saying a championship but they're not going to go anywhere you know yeah. they're going to we got to battle them we got two games coming up in March against them those are going to be massive games for the standings certainly a great point I thought you were going to say a different team I thought you were going to say the Warriors Man, I ain't worried about no Warriors. Uh, where is that? Who did they beat? Oh, they beat the Lakers beat the last Lakers. night. No LeBron come, James last come, night. Here come and, the Warriors. People that think the Warriors are legit, legit for what? The, the dynasty spot. is not over. <laughs> I hate zero chance the Warriors make it to the NBA Finals. Clip that. Who's back there? Is Jay? Yeah, Jay. Clip that, Jay, because once they get bounced in April in the playing tournament, I want to be shown to be right. I'm not worried about the it's Warriors. It's funny you say that. The station where I worked before I came here was the Warriors station. Yeah. And the program director there, he just on Twitter said, if the Warriors win the championship, I'm getting this Steph Curry tattoo. And I thought, you know, they're not. He said that this year? He just said it yesterday. <laughs> I thought, you know they're not going to win a champion. What is that? Warriors fans are so delusional, <laughs> man. <laughs> Matt Nahigian oh, on Twitter. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Good guy and everything. But, uh, yeah, Warriors, I Warriors fans, yeah. so delusional. Oh, my gosh. He I mean, would have said that in 2017, I'll tell you that. Oh really? He would not have. Oh, said because that. he. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. So he's doing it that way. He's he's playing it a little. You know, it sure as heck ain't gonna happen. So I don't have to worry about well, it because well, yeah. that's uh yeah. I mean no, but they're playing well. You know that the Warriors. The the problem with the Warriors, nobody ahead of them is going anywhere. You know, I thought the Pelicans would take a step back. I might be wrong on that. Who's gonna fall off? I think we're going to see the, and I mentioned this yesterday, the best of basketball from all these teams down the stretch here, man. Mm-hmm. I think I'm higher on the Pelicans and the Thunder than you are, and I think you're higher on the Suns and the Mavs than I am in the Mavs. Yeah. It looks like you're you're exactly right on them. Say that again. I, did, I didn't hear you. Uh, I said uh, the Pelicans are currently fifth. No, not that part. The, oh, the last uh, part there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looks like you are right, dead on about the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, and I, not that I want to be because I'm not a Kyrie or Luka guy. I'm not standing. You're right about the Suns too, by the way. But yeah, the Suns too. And so I just think you know, especially when you look at veteran teams like them, and I'm even going to include the Lakers in this. I don't think the Lakers necessarily is going to make a late season push or anything like that. But when it comes time to win playoff games, I think the Lakers are going to be a factor. 
I think, you know, Warriors, I think they're a flawed roster. Clay coming off the bench, it's all nice now. But I, I don't believe it. I don't believe in the rookies being a, a, as great as they are when it comes to the postseason. I think they're very one-dimensional uh, with Steph Curry. He has to play out of his mind, in my opinion, to win uh, a playoff game. And so, But when you look at the Western Conference, outside of OKC, Minnesota, Denver, Phoenix, these are veteran-laden teams, I'm th- I'm c- including Minnesota. Towns has been around for a while. Gobert, Mike Conley, Mike Conley. Uh, outside of Anthony extension. Edwards. Yeah, he got his – like, so these are veteran teams that know how to crank it up when it matters the most. And you're seeing that now with Dallas. You know, Phoenix, even though they lost last night, no Bradley Beal. But I think these teams are still going to be standing at the end. And so a win like last night for the Kings, and we talked about – that's why last night yeah. was a must win. Yeah. You, you can't afford you can't afford to drop any games that you're supposed to win from here on out if you're Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Something I noticed about the West, November or so, and I remember it kind of s- stood out – but it seems like now it's just always the case. So many teams in the West are on winning streaks. Right now, Minnesota, four in a row. Mm. Oklahoma City, three in a row. Now, Clippers lost their last game, but the Nuggets won their last game. Pelicans, four in a row. Yeah. Mavericks, seven in a row. Kings have won two in a row. Warriors have won two in a row. So it's tough. It, it's tough. And, and, you know, it's a lot different than last year. We knew the Kings were going to be a top six team. You know, uh, the, they positioned themselves perfectly. Like, when you look at it right now, Kings are eighth in the Western Conference. In my opinion, they could finish anywhere. I don't think they'll catch Denver. Denver's three, you know, four and a half games up. But they could finish anywhere from fifth to tenth, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, there's a whole swath of, of spots that they can that find themselves in right now. And that's why every game is so important. But the issue is the Kings aren't the only ones. Warriors, Lakers, Suns, they're all in the same predicament as the Kings. And we heard Kevin Herter, uh, I think, say it last night after the game. Like, you know, they had the all-star break, and he feels like this team is ready to go right now. And I feel like every other team in the Western Conference feels yeah. that way too. Right. Hey, how about uh, Chris Duarte last night, your guy? Come on, man. I've been hyping up Chris Duarte you have. all season long. There's been some haters out there. Yes. People say, get rid of this guy, trade him, leave him on the bench. The issue with Chris Duarte this season is, first, understanding his role. Second, trying to adapt to a new role because he's been a bucket getter. Third, he's playing off the ball an awful lot. His first year in Indiana, he had the ball in his hands a lot. I mean, the guy can score the basketball. He's turning into a very solid defender. Sure, he makes some fouls that you wish you could take back, but those fouls are are fouls of of compete, competitive, Mm -hmm. trying to deny a guy a spot, trying to, you know, get over a screen, something like that. I thought Chris Duarte, man, 20 minutes last night? He's playing some defense, yes. right? And he's making threes, yes. which makes him a 3 and D guy, what? which is what they've been <laughs> desperately searching for. And I've talked to Chris about this, and, you know, I-, I guarantee he would tell you that he would be the last guy to think that a coach would say, I need you to be a lockdown defender. You're going to be our best on-ball defender. Because like I said, he was a bucket getter in junior college and in college at Oregon. But he's embraced that role. It's been a challenge. I love the fact, too, he's been working with Doug Christie. That's a guy, I mean, especially when it comes to defense, that's who you want to pattern your game after, mold your game after. And I do believe 
and I said this on the broadcast yesterday, and some people clowned me for it. Uh-oh. I do believe Mike Brown has sort of settled on a rotation, and I think Chris Duarte is going to be a part of that going forward. Who clowned you for that? Why would anyone clown no, you? No, but you know, fans, man. Fans, you know how it is. And uh-huh. I'm not saying Kings fan. I'm just talking people in general. They're like, oh, I don't believe Drape said Mike Brown has settled on a uh-huh. rotation. <laughs> it's like, what are you... Of course he has. Like, I mean, you know, when you look at it, he goes about eight or nine deep now. You know, we don't see Keon Ellis as much. You know, JaVale McGee doesn't play as much. Alex Lynn, you know, spot duty. I think his top seven, eight guys, nine guys are set right now. We're going to talk a lot today, of course, about the Kings and their future, but also about Sacramento's sports future. Uh, Phil Oates from the Kings Ownership Group. He's going to be with us 4 o'clock today. Greg Lukenville will join us at 5 o'clock. The guy who brought the Kings here. And we're coming right back with Drapes Takes next. Drive Guys, Sackdown Sports. Thanks for being with us on this Friday. We appreciate it. Join us on the YouTube chat, Texas, 339-1140, Give us a call. I noticed Compio's on board. Hey, Compio, I got to tell you, speaking of Compio, last night I'm on Facebook and I'm looking, it's like, you know, add a friend, Ray Allen. <laughs> like, I got to do it. Oh, <laughs> did you really? We got to get, you know what? We got to get Ray Allen on one day. Yeah, Somehow we, we uh, he Allen. and I have like three mutual friends. You know, it's one of those things. Some of the celebrities are like, they're just joined. They'll be friends with anybody. So I think it's one of those things. Let's get Ray on and ask him if he knows who Compio is. Yes. You know, like call yes. him out on it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Whew. Strap in. It's time now for a special Friday edition of Drapes Takes. Calm down, like Calm down. Take it easy, man. Just take it easy. <laughs> Kings fans, your boy has finally recovered from last night. What a game it was to call. Oh, my gosh. With about three minutes left, I'm like, we're going to lose this freaking game, aren't we? I'm going to be upset after this game. The Spurs got him. You know, Devin Vassell went out there looking like Michael Jordan last night. He looked like Kobe last night. And so I'm going to talk about the defense coming up. Because, you know, I can't forget about the defense. But I want to accentuate the positives. And I want to start with the guy who I thought set the tone early on and who had a phenomenal game. Red Velvet, Kevin Herter. You know, when you look at the the, the the totality of this team, we know what Fox is going to do. We know what Sabonis is going to do. But I've maintained there are two people that will tell us the litmus test for this Sacramento Kings team. One's Malik Monk, and two is Kevin Herter. Both those guys were flowing last night. And the thing about Kevin Herter, we remember his struggles early in the season yes. from three. Doesn't his ball, his shot look so much better right now? You can tell just before he even goes into the shot, like, oh, he's so much more confident. So much yeah. more confident right now. And I thought his three threes to start the game. How about the one pass he had? I forget to who it was. He had five assists. Yeah, exactly. His playmaking last night, his dimes. I thought Kevin Herter, and he talked about the all-star break. I thought he came back and looked the freshest out of anybody. And that's why he was chosen to light the beam last night. Yeah. Did he have some issues lighting the beam? No, I think his count was off or he lit it earlier. Like, he pushed it before. I think it was that zero. Been like the last time he did it, right, maybe. Right, so they maybe. referenced that. And yeah, I think, <laughs> think they got it all squared away this so time. So, shout out to my guy, Kevin Herter. I, I thought he was tremendous last night. You know, I also want to talk about DeMontis Sabonis. You know, we talk about him a lot on this show. Uh, I remember doing a pregame show for NBC Sports California, and there was this Domas fan who said, why are you guys always giving love to Fox? What about DeMontis Sabonis? 
And De'Aaron Fox said this yesterday. I think maybe we take this guy for granted. This guy brings his lunch pail every night or day. This guy was ill on Wednesday, doubtful when he woke up in the morning, advanced to questionable, and went out there and I thought dominated the game. I thought he was the best big man on the floor. He totally outplayed Wimbenyama. Even on a defensive end, I thought he did a hell of a job on Victor Wimbenyama. I just want to give my guy, DeMontis Sabonis, some flowers. This dude, this was like Michael Jordan's flu game almost. This guy was sick, and he still woke up and got a triple-double. I thought you didn't like Michael Jordan. I don't, but it was like that. <laughs> don't get me started on Jordan, the most overrated athlete ever. You brought it up. Uh, <laughs> Domas, when he did that Euro step, whatever right. it was, Wimbenyama didn't know where he they was. Dude, he left him in his tracks. It was like he had cement boots on talking about Wimbayama. So I want to give some love to DeMontis Sabonis. You know why I think Domas is, uh, he's not appreciated fully by those who don't appreciate yeah. him. And it's because he doesn't score more. And I'm not saying he needs to or he should. But you know how we are. Yeah. Basketball. Well, if you're not averaging 30 points a game, right. who are you? Right. You know? Yes. Yes. And But his impact Absolutely. It goes even farther Absolutely. beyond the stats. Absolutely. Whitey, I don't need to look at the box score. My eye test tells me this guy is legit. Get my box score. Right, yeah. Hide the, put the box score over there out of my reach. <laughs> How about this? Because I got bonus grape steaks tonight. Woo. So this is the third one. De'Aaron Fox, can we put to rest, put to lay to rest any questions about this guy's desire, this guy's uh, motor, this guy's will, this guy's wanting to be here? Like, De'Aaron Fox was magnificent last night. I thought on both ends of the floor. He had the late buckets, the late three, the late mid-range, and then the steal or block. I forget what they call it on Vassell late in the game. I think they called it a block. Like, he was tremendous. He was a difference maker down the stretch. That play, it's funny you say that. Was it a block? Was it a steal? And I think you're right. I think they did say officially it's a block, but it was a very strange play. Herder was right there and said, I've never seen a play quite like that. Right. Where you get beat, and then you go up and then hammer the ball hammer out it of down. the hands of a guy who's going to dunk it. The ability to recover. Like, because once you get beat, yeah. usually you're looking for help or something. Or sometimes you, know. you just say, oh, well. Right, oh, well. I'm like, he got by me, you know. Yeah. But De'Aaron not uh, giving up on the game, not giving up on the play. Looking at his fourth quarter numbers, 11 points, 4 of 5. And, and Katie mentioned it during the broadcast, especially against the Spurs. De'Aaron Fox looks so comfortable out there, able to get to his spots. He was 12 of 18. I thought he was tremendous last yeah, night. Yeah, he spent a lot of that fourth quarter in his spot, in his yes. kitchen, which is right at right. the foul line. All right, so I, I got the good out the way. Uh-oh. Let's talk about the bad. The defense. I, if I'm Mike Brown, I'm having nightmares last night. I'm staying up because you had the whole All-Star break. All we heard about was defending the three. Three-point defense. San Antonio is dead last in three-point percentage. Last night, they shot 44% from three range. And people say, well, Drapes, they only made 11 uh, threes, which is, you know, Kings average about 13 threes made against. But here's the problem. The Kings also allowed, what was it, 72 points in the paint. So that shows me, Whitey. Instead of those spray threes, the Spurs just said, we're going to finish around yeah. the bucket. Yeah. We're going to shoot our layup. So the defense has to be better. Question for you. Yeah. Uh, how much time was left in the first quarter when Mike Brown called his first time Oh, out? my God. <laughs> if I, 
What was it? I think it was like their first it was three. Like 10, 11. <laughs> yeah, 10 minutes, right. 11 seconds left. I, I think Julian yeah. Champigny hit the wide open corner three. <laughs> coach is like, time out. And, and we yeah. saw that a couple of times in that yeah. game. Like yeah. Mike Brown was quick on the whistle for the uh, defensive issues. And so I know we feel good today about this win, Sacramento Kings fans. And the winner is a win, especially at this time of year. But I was a little disappointed in the defense last night. Woo. Yeah. Those drape stakes? That's it. That's all right. it. All right. That's yeah. it. That's all I got. I'm man. glad That's you brought all. that up because I've read, kind of heard some suggestions today that, boy, the Kings last night, they really got after it defensively. Huh? And, and yeah, there were there was a play here or there. But you're right. The defense last night, and this is just where they are right now, it was terrible. It, it, the Spurs are awful, and they put up offensively. That is, yes, and they put up one twenty two on you. Right, they put yeah. up, not only did they put up one twenty two, Whitey, and I've said this time and time and time again, Kings fans. As a game progresses, you want your defense to get better. Close game, fourth quarter, it's time to lock in. Winning time, Magic used to say. They gave up thirty five points in the fourth quarter. They barely got out of that game with a win by the skin of their teeth. Yeah. And so while while the win is a win, 32 and 23, that's nice. I was extremely disappointed at the defense. Me too. And there was a play, and I can't remember. It might have been third or fourth quarter. And I forget who it was. Keegan might have been guarding. It was simple basketball 101. Somebody drove right. Is there a guy in the corner? The help comes, and then they just kick it to the corner, three ball. Everybody knows in basketball in the NBA, you don't help off the short corner. That's like the easiest shot in the game. But it was like, well, the man up top got beat, so I had to help out. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it, 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 and for the fact that the San Antonio Spurs, awful offense, not a good offense. And I understand. They're second in the league in assists. They had 37 assists against you last night. They picked apart your defense. They shot 51%. We're talking to Spurs. Yeah. The Spurs shot 50. Keldon Johnson came off the bench and was on fire. How do you let the San Antonio Spurs score 122 points? But don't we know at this point, Drapes, here we are. It's almost March. This is what and who the Kings are. So whatever they're going to accomplish from here – Sure, they can continue to improve here or there, but they're not a good defensive team. And if they're, we're still saying that now against the Spurs, hard for me to imagine they're going to be that much better by the time the playoffs roll around. I, I, At that end, I hear you, Whitey, but I can't listen to my guy Mike Brown day in and day out. I know I can't see teams shoot better than forty percent day in and day out from threes, and then just throw my hands up. Well, it is what it is, like. We're not talking about games in March, games in February. We're talking about advancing in the playoffs. This defense will not allow you to advance in the playoffs I agree. that we've seen. I agree. And so if they don't improve, they're going to be one and done. First round and out. I mean, the Spurs, who are a better team now than they were back in November, but they should not have 37 assists on 50 made field goals. Like, I that's. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable, I mm-hmm. thought. that That's 70% assist percentage. Usually teams want to be in the 60 to 65 range. They were at the 70% assist percentage mark. Come on, man. At least the free throw shooting was 
Well, it, uh, it, uh, don't, don't. we'll get into that too at some point. Three three nine eleven forty one eight hundred nine two zero eleven forty. How you feeling after that big win last night? Um, didn't see much defense though. When we come back, I'll tell you how rare it is for the Kings to make back to back playoff appearances. Looks like they're headed for it this year. How rare is that? Next with the drive, guys. On second <laughs> question of the day so far in the YouTube chat. How would you answer this one, Drapes? Uh, what did y'all think about Fox's shoes last night? I don't even remember them, to be honest with you. Let me see if I'm I can show to... it. They're kind of neon yellow. I think it was yellow. I don't think it was that neon green. Very bright, kind of gold. Um, they were nice. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I wish you're, I... You're too busy. I'm busy. I like Usually I look, but last night I, I don't remember what he was wearing last night. Mm-hmm. Usually I'm a shoe guy, so I, I keep an eye. And some people, you know, I was looking at Wimbenyama's shoes, you know, uh-huh. and, I, and I saw his shoes, and I don't know what size he wears, but his were like twice the size of mine. The, um, there's some about Wimby just at times, and, and here we go. Here's the shoes. Um, pardon us here. There's, see, here's oh, De'Aaron's okay. shoes. Very bright. I, I like him. Yeah. I like him actually. Uh huh. Kind of a split decision so far, I think, on the chat. But uh, I was going to say, Wemby. Sometimes you talked about how he looks like a newborn deer. Yeah. He just kind of looks a little, a little goofy now and then. I mean, I'd love to have him on my team. <laughs> but you know, it's just like it was interesting. Sean Elliott yesterday saying every time Wemby's on a new team, that it takes everybody a while to adjust to him because yeah. the angles of everything, everything. are just off because yeah. he's so freaking big. Yeah, and you know. Just watching him move, you know, we talk yeah. about it's like a giraffe out there, baby giraffe or something out there learning how to walk. And and he, he tremendous player, and he, it looks a little different, obviously. But then there are times when he gets in his bag, like in the half court, he's dribbling and, you know, going between his legs. And I'm like, man, this is a dude, 7'3", eight-foot wingspan doing this. Yeah. Like, you know. And, and he and, also has that play where, you know, he leads whoever it was. Sohan or somebody just yeah, throws, it, throws out it out of bounds. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Brandon Dietzman says, take the free cookie back. Those Fox free throws. Oof. You know, Kings fans yeah, are the first free cookies. Two. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Darren, uh, Darren struggled a little bit at the foul line. Well, he missed his first two. Yeah. You know, and then knockdown is say, it's only yeah. two for four. But yeah, yeah there was there were some groans in there. And, you know, when he missed those first two, I was like, ooh, that's not, ooh. But, you know. It happens, you know. They were ten of fourteen, so he missed two, and they won. And they won. HB yeah. missed one. Trey missed one. I mean, uh, you know, seventy-one percent. That's right about their huh. season average. So mm-hmm. that they they are who we thought they were. Yeah. Know? Hopefully, things trend in the right direction. Three three nine eleven forty one eight hundred nine two zero eleven forty. Gilbert joins us on Sackdown Sports. Hey, Gilbert, you're on the drive, guys. What's up? Hey, how's it going, guys? What's Good. up, man? Uh, Happy yeah, Friday. So- Happy Friday. Yeah, so watching these games, it's just kind of one of the things where you start watching all these teams that are poor shooting teams uh, have success against them. And what I noticed is not necessarily the personnel that we have. It's kind of a coaching uh, error that keeps happening. The, at the top of the key, they keep showing off of the screen with the pick and roll way too hard. And even though Sabonis is a full effort player and obviously he's extremely talented, he doesn't have the lateral quickness to keep up with these guards when they switch off of it. So the issue that we're running into is we're, we're treating every team like they have a Steph Curry that can stand at the top and just bomb away threes, whereas what's happening is we're getting their fastest player on our slowest player, and they're dishing and kicking. And I don't care if you put JaVale McGee out there. If you give him 10 threes, he's going to hit four out of 10. So 
give people are bad shooting, but if you're wide open, you're going to make shots. What's the solution, so I, Coach, Coach Gilbert? What's the solution? I think it's a schematic. I think it's a base by base, or it's a case by case thing where when you're playing against bad shooting teams, you got to realize that you can give them a little bit more space. I'll, I'll live with somebody shooting the top of the three or a top yeah. of the key three gotcha. in beat us. But if we're giving up open corner threes, that's basically a layup to these guys that are as yep. talented. You're right. You're right. Thank you, Gilbert. Appreciate it. It's funny because last night after the game, Pop was saying, he said a number of things, very nice things about the Kings. He said, they're legit now, and, mm-hmm. you know, they can beat anybody. But then he said, I'm really proud of our effort. And he said, we're just not a good shooting team. He said that about his own team. Wow. It's like, well, wait what? a minute. They, they shot, the shot well last halfway night. decent last yeah. night. You know, they didn't take an awful lot of threes last night, only 25 of them, which is low among NBA standards. I think uh, that league average is like 33 uh, a game, something like that. But they didn't have to take a lot of threes last night because they were just getting into the paint. Sohan was getting – Vassell, like every – like, I can't tell you how many times, and me and Katie talked about it during the game, there were two or three straight possessions where the Kings just gave up layups or dunks. Keegan's having a really good year defensively, but we know that, right? So I'm not taking a shot at him. He had a good game last night, but just watch. It's like Devin Vassell was not afraid yes. to take the ball right. at Keegan last night. Right, and and I, and I thought, you know, if we're being honest, I thought Keegan got burned a few times. Like, you know, we can hype up his defense all we want. It's definitely improved, no doubt about that, solid defender. But I didn't think yesterday was one of his best defensive games out there. They liked that matchup a lot. Yeah, and a couple times, you know, like I said, I I think it was the play I was talking about. Vassell just went right by him to the right, kicked it to the short corner, bam, knocked down a three. Uh, And so – it, it it goes back to what we were talking about, and we've been talking about this for about a month now. The Kings' on-ball on defense just isn't good right now. Like, there's an old saying in the NBA, and everybody's heard this, you got to guard your yard. I don't think guys, you know, for a full 48, take on the challenge and the focus and the effort to guard their yard, you know? I think, you know, and, and here's the thing, and I was doing the game yesterday, and, and, and it, it struck me, and I thought about this as I'm calling the game. Spurs going on their run. They scored 32 in the first, 30 in the third. It was third quarter. They were Vassell. And Katie mentioned it. When a guy gets cooking like Vassell did, she said, I'd send a message to him, a little hard foul or something like that. And I don't know about a hard foul, but where's the, oh, my God, this guy is cooking us. Let me raise my intensity defensively. Let me make life more difficult for him. That never happened, really, for Devin Vassell yesterday, and that disturbs me. You know, somebody asked us yesterday in the chat, the the text line, you know, could the Kings use a guy like Dylan Brooks or something like that, you know, in the starting lineup? And, And I think so because when a team like the Spurs or whoever it may be gets going, who's our guy that's going to say enough is enough? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to stop this guy. Yeah. We're going to turn it up and lock him down. And even if I don't lock him down – I'm going to take a frustration foul. I'm, I'm going to get tired of getting my butt kicked. Vassell was kicking our butt yesterday. Yeah, he was playing downhill. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Here I think is the problem with that, and I know there's a lot of people that call. I think Will calls all the time and you know mentions that. Just put a body on somebody, mm-hmm. and I understand the value, but just trying to guess why don't we see that more. The Kings, because they do struggle defensively, they do end up committing a lot of fouls, and you don't <laughs> – 
You know, you don't want Domas can't. He's like, no, we don't want him giving a foul, right? Because you need every one of them. Right. So I'm wondering if maybe that's part of it. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just trying to figure out why that doesn't happen. Maybe it is, as you say, it just has more to do with a a team mindset. Yeah, I, I think it's an individual thing. Like I, I think you know when you look at it, like you know, and, and I've been around teams, and there's always that one guy that enough is enough. You know, in Boston, it was Marcus Smart. Even before Marcus Smart, it was Tony Allen. Mm. You know, somebody like that. Somebody, and you're not saying any dirty or anything like that. Avery Bradley was no pushover Avery, either. Going Avery back Bradley even. That. even yeah. then. Yes. And so who's our guy? And I remember when I first got here to Sacramento. This is one of the things that used to always bother me about our Kings. When guys get going, guys go on runs. When we're getting our butts kicked, it's like, we accept it, you know? Mm-hmm. It is what it is, you know? It's it's not going to change. No, you have to go out there and physically change the momentum. You got to go out there and physically turn guys off. And, I, you know, we're not seeing that from the Kings this year. Well, one thing we can enjoy here as we head down the stretch for all the angst that comes with this team and its flaws, the Kings are trying to make the playoffs for the second year in a row. And I was just looking this up today. How rare is that here in Sacramento, in the Sacramento era? We know that the C-Web, Vlade team, Doug yep. Christie, Jay Will, you know, earlier on, they made the playoffs and then they made it like the next seven years. It's only happened seven times in Sacramento history that the Kings have made the playoffs one year after making it the previous year. This would be only the eighth yeah. time yeah. in the whole history of the Sacramento Kings that you'd have back-to-back Playoff appearances. And you said seven times this only happened. It's happened seven times, and that, so was, was, in that, that was in that stretch. That was that one yeah. stretch, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, you're 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 right about that, and that you know, doesn't forgive all the you right. know the shortcomings, but it does put into perspective a little bit about how special and unique this is uh, for Sacramento Kings fans. Do you think Kings fans realize that and remember how bad things were, or because I feel like now it's like hmm, sort of like. I don't want to say the Warriors, but you have a little bit of success and all of a sudden you it's like new money. You know, you, you've been poor your whole life, hit the lottery. And now every day you walking out expecting a fur coat, nice car. Yeah. Are, are, are the Kings, are we expecting this Rolls Royce? Yes. When we've been, you know, a, a, a used Chevy, no offense to Chevy, you know, are, are the, almost the entire existence, 20 years in a row, basically. But now do we expect to come out shiny and new every single year? Jay, you're from Sacramento. You've been here a long time. Are you more of a, hey, it's great, we don't get it very often? Or are you more of a, well, let's go, it's about time we had a good team? Uh, I'm I'm in the middle. I mean, and most people aren't like me because, like, as much as you guys are talking about the win last, like, it wasn't a huge win to me. I just thought it was something that they needed to get done. Price of admission. Yeah, exactly. Like, yep. get it done. But it, it is difficult to be from here and not understand, like, we've been terrible more times than not, especially in my lifetime of being, you know, the team coming here a year after I was born type situation. Right. And so, yeah, it, I, I'm, I'm both, though. I'm a little more level-headed, I think, than most Kings fans are. And those are the ones that Drapes are, and you are normally speaking to. Yeah, it is, it is great to, to care this much. Yeah. The fact that it's like, oh, their defense was terrible. Most of the seasons, no one cared that their defense right. terrible at this point. Because <laughs> we'll be looking towards the draft. Yes. Yeah, yeah, we'd yeah. already be breaking down the draft. You're yeah. right. And so you put it in per- perspective, Whitey. I'm glad you did that. All right, you know? uh, thank you. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk a little football here. And Are I, we? I don't think you're going to like it. <laughs> I'm not. 
<laughs> there's some stories coming out about what happened to your Eagles. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it's very speculative, and we're not sure what's going exactly. on. It may be an example of what you've been talking about this week, about no one knows what they're talking about in the media. <laughs> so the Eagles are denying something. But what is it they're denying? What is it? That'd be okay with you, Jay, if we talked about what happened to oh, the Eagles. Oh, of course. Right? I, you're speaking my tune now. <laughs> Fired up. I'm, I'm on my drinks. Oh, my gosh. Let's that's, do it. That's next here with the Drive Guys on Sack. We got the monitors on in here, of course. We've got monitors showing every sporting event that's going on everywhere in the world right now. We just happen to have ESPN right here. And they just had a question for Stephen A. Should uh, Anthony Edwards get more MVP love? No, right? I mean, that's an easy one. I, I think so, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, let me just say this, Whitey, and I don't want to go into this whole rant to drinks it. Friday. Let's go. or anything like that, but this is what I'm talking about. With too much time on our hands, we're just coming up with random things right. to talk about. Right, right. Should Shea Gilgis Alexander get more love? Should Kawhi, like, should, yo, like, you could do that with anybody. And, and and nobody's saying, how come Anthony Edwards isn't getting MVP? Like, nobody's clamoring for that. I didn't hear Chris Finch say that. I didn't hear Anthony Edwards. It's like they wake up, I'm talking about the national media, and they say, all right, what can we talk about today? So nobody's caring. And look at have more faith in Lakers or Warriors. Who cares? They're go. bottom feeders right there now. You, you know yeah, what I mean? That's like ESPN it, it, all over. It's like, and so ESPN has turned into an infomercial for the Lakers and Warriors. Like every day there's talk about those teams. It's disgusting. Are the Timberwolves on? Yeah. Uh, well, the Timberwolves are on ESPN tonight against Well, the and Warriors, that's one so, thing they yeah. do, too. Like, yeah, if, right. if you're a viewer, they promote their games. And mm-hmm. so they make their games that are on their air bigger than what maybe they, you know, would if, if they weren't. Like, if that game was on Fox, let's say, or NBA TV, they wouldn't be having that. So it's we got to take that into account, too, when we uh, watch ESPN. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, on the text line, I want to make sure we give the text line its due. Oh, yeah. Uh, Lyles looked old and slow last night on defense from the 916. He didn't have a great game. He didn't have a great game, but I think it's just a little hangover from the All-Star break. You know, just got to get yourself back into shape, get yourself going again. I thought he had some great looks from three last night and just didn't knock him down. And so uh, only 15 minutes last night for uh, Trey Lyles. How about this? Only 17 for Harrison Barnes. And so Mike Brown, as we've talked about, He's going to ride the guys that are playing well. Chris Duarte was playing well last night. Mm-hmm. And so Duarte got 20 minutes. Uh, Steven checks in with, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. That means don't question the value of a horse that someone has given you by looking at its teeth. Thank you, Steven. Appreciate that. Yeah. We were talking about, hey, don't look a gift win in its mouth yeah. right now. If the Kings win, they win. That's great. And yet here we are. Ever since I said that, we've both been complaining about it. <laughs> the defense was terrible. <laughs> hey, as my man Jay said, like, and I understand a win right now is huge. But all they did was what they were supposed to do. Like, yeah. they're supposed to beat this Spurs team. Like, don't don't ask for credit for yep. doing what you're supposed to do. Uh-huh. And so, uh, there's some issues with the defense still. Yep, that's my buddy, the great John Dickinson, always says, hey, that's price of admission. Don't right. get excited about doing something yep. that you're supposed to do. Uh, we're going to talk about this Eagles thing a little bit, Drapes. Not, we're not trying to, you know, upset no. you, but I just we need your, your uh, insight on this. There's, there was an interesting report here from Craig Carton of FS1, and he was uh, doing an interview with some people here, and it looked like they, the people he's doing the interview with, they knew that he knew something about the Eagles or thought he did. And so they're trying to get him, Craig Carton, to talk about this, and he would only go this far, quote, it is a problem 
that would splinter any group of men, any group of men. It is a real significant problem, and it cannot be fixed. I'm Mm. not going to tell you more than that. I know what the problem was. I know they're trying to fix it. I don't think it can be fixed. So it will be very interesting to see if a high-profile player is no longer with the Eagles, end quote. Who knows what that means? We know that Adam Schefter went to the Eagles, and the Eagles said, no, there's nothing to any of that S. And then Adam Schefter said, well, there's nothing to it. And people pointed out, look, Einstein, the Eagles are not going to admit that there's something like that going on. So we're not even sure what it is the Eagles are denying. Is this to you, is this like, oh, I wonder what's going on with my team? Or is this an example of, as we've talked about this week, irresponsible reporting? No, I think there's something going on with the Eagles. Really? I, I, I really do. Like, to have the kind of collapse that you had at the end of the season, and even when you were winning, it didn't seem all sweet and nice and like it was the year before. And how many times did we see A.J. Brown pouting, upset, uh, uh, Devontae Smith yeah. upset about his yeah. role early yeah. on in yeah. the season. And so I, I do think there's some major issues behind the scene uh, with this Eagles franchise. And you can't it can't just be lack of talent or lack of play calling. Like, it's, it has to be something fractured behind the scenes, something broken behind the scenes to have that kind of collapse. To me, it suggests that somebody somewhere broke the circle of trust, Mm. whether that's, you know what I mean? Yeah. Whether it's something to do with somebody else's family or, or woman or, um, you know, now you're big time speculating right now. I I am. Okay. I am. Absolutely. I'm saying some, some bond of trust, like somebody went and threw somebody under the bus to the front office or the coaches or something like that. I mean, if if what he's saying is true, and it's like it would splinter any group of men and it's not yeah. fixable, any if group there's of men. any truth to that, to me it has to be something that big. Like somebody who's like, you're supposed to be our guy. We trust you, and you did that. Right. No, you're, you're, you're 100% right about that, and, and it's a shame. I mean, this happens in sports. We, we've seen it uh, in the past. You know, I, I look at, you know, uh, my time in Boston, you know, when Delonte West was there, and there's some, oh, you know, yeah, yeah the, so you know, it, it was sad. We we can look at Delonte West in Cleveland with LeBron James. Those rumors we heard back then. Mm-hmm. So there are certain things that do happen behind the scenes that I think, yes, can fracture and splinter a locker room. And I think to your point, it's not just X's and O's. Right. It's something bigger than that. If, something yeah. if it's know, true. If yeah. if it's true, and and yeah. I don't, I'm not pretending I haven't heard anything. And you're right, I was rampant speculation. But if it's something as big as this guy says, it has to be something like that to me. I take a look at a guy like Jalen Hurts, and you know I'm a big Hurts guy. That's my guy. But his body language last year, especially to close the season, like usually he's an uh, an upbeat leader. You know, a motivator, uh, a guy that, you know, uh, can galvanize the team. I felt at times towards the end, it was a race to get the season over. Yeah, he it just was like, yeah, he just looks kind of down. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like something was going on behind the scenes that he just knew it might be unfixable. And so I never got the sense from the Eagles during their struggles that they believed they could turn it around. People outside, Fans, myself, oh, we still got time. But I never got the idea to feel from the Eagles that they, you know what, 
the regular season's in the past. We'll be right. Like, I never got that feeling from them. Mm-hmm. Well, time will tell. It was something very strange, obviously. Uh, real quick, there's good news for just about all NFL teams, and it certainly yeah. helped the 49ers. We'll, we'll delve more into this as the show continues to uh, unfold here. But we found out what the new salary cap is going to be, and a lot of people thought, ooh, it might go up to like 240 or 242. That'd be great. It went up more than $30 million Damn. to $255.4 million per A quarter team. of a billion. Cap. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So a team like the 49ers is like, wow, we were $14 million over. That's found money. And now we're under. Yeah, that's found money right <laughs> we didn't there. We did do anything. Yeah, that's, that's found money. And, you know, they got some roster decisions yeah. to make, obviously. And uh, this is great news for them, man. Yeah, it's pretty good news for just about uh, everybody, really. Yeah. Like, I mean, the NFL is printing money. I mean, for, to cap the cap to be 255 Think about that. Like, like 10 yeah. years ago, it was like 130 or something like that. You know, it has almost doubled in, in the last 10 years. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. Uh, the NFL's doing pretty good business, aren't they? Uh, coming up, we were just talking about MVP candidates. De'Aaron Fox says Domas is an MVP candidate. Mm. Does that hold any water? Mm. We'll find out next year with the Drive Guys on Sackdown Sports.